0: This is The Sound of Now on Joy 94.9.
1: Hello, my name is Triana Butler. Thank you so much for listening, for checking out this episode of the podcast. This is this is a big moment for me, not just because I'm a huge Morat fan and, and have been for quite some time. You'll hear me start to fangirl pretty early on in the interview, I'm not going to lie, but also because... This is my first interview back in studio with a guest since the pandemic started. It is a very, very weird feeling having someone sitting directly across from you in the studio. Very, very cool, though. Uh, Morat's debut album is called Butterfly Blue. It comes out this Friday, the 13th of May. This episode is going up before then. Um, And it's a triumph. It's phenomenal. I'm so excited to chat down, talk all about the album Butterfly Blue with Morat. Here it is. (laughs) This interview
0: is uncensored.
1: Well, it is so exciting to have you here ahead of this debut album, which is strange to say, Butterfly Blue. Morat, welcome.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's so great to have you. I've been such a fan from like way back. In fact, as I think about it, um, I remember seeing you supporting maggie rogers at the forum
0: yes that was ages ago it was
1: ages ago right and then um i was standing there watching maggie rogers and as you know like i'm a tall gal right um and my friend partway through the set turns to me goes just so you know um morad is like right behind you and i was like blocking your view or something and then i was conscious of it the rest of the night because i didn't want to block your view (laughs) that's so funny thanks well it's it just goes to show and why it's so strange because that was what 2018 2019 Maybe I even want earlier,
0: say, uh, maybe 2017.
1: And yet this is the debut album in the year 2022. Mm. Congratulations. I've Thank you. I've been having it on repeat. It's so good. You've gone from releasing singles and EPs through to now putting out an album. What have you found is different in your approach approaching an album compared to singles and EPs from the past?
0: I think I had the luxury of time with this album. So it wasn't so much a different approach, but it was... Um, a lot of time to be able to get all the details right and not have to rush anything. Not that I've had to really rush before, but I re- I had a lot of time. So, yeah, everything is exactly how I want it to be and I'm super proud of it and super excited to share.
1: Now, I know that you are quite a fan of the production side of things and you've had the opportunity to really curate who you want to work with and the kind of sound that you want to produce for this. Talk me through that process of of picking out people to work with.
0: Yeah, so um, it is a combination of new and old collaborators and my own production. Um, And I would consider pretty much everyone that worked on the album a really good friend of mine. So it's nice to have that personal connection with everyone and Makes it feel a little bit more special to me anyway. Um, so I've got production from Alice Ivy. She's a really amazing Melbourne producer. 100%. And um, this guy called Styles Fuego, who has such, he's just so he's clever. He's incredible, right? <laughs> so clever. And I learned a lot from working with him. A little bit from my friend, Japanese Wallpaper.
1: Look at you dropping all these names. God, you're beaming. I love them so much. I'm such a fan. And
0: yeah, also I had so much fun with my own production contributions to the album. So it was just a really fun, cool process and got to learn a lot.
1: While we're listing friends that you've worked with on the album, Azalea Banks... yes (laughs) yes <laughs> this queen is, this is such a story like you gotta take me back to the moment that this this all came through
0: yeah well I have been a really big fan of her for a long time since like I think everyone when they heard 212 became an Azealia Banks fan mm-hmm. and then I bought her first album broke with expensive taste that was like the first album I bought with my own money obsessed <laughs> and I became like a massive fan after that so that w- but that would have that was probably like 10 years ago. So it's been a a long-term obsession with her as an artist. And then um, a couple years ago, she did a live stream and she played Charlie, my song in it. <gasps> and she was like, this is this girl, more she has some really good music. And then she turns it up and she goes, actually, she's got some really fucking good music. And then <laughs> someone sent that to me and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Um, so when surprise me the demo started to take shape a little bit more and i realized that it needed someone else on it she was the first person that came to
1: mind are we talking a dm slide here Mm. Uh, yeah yeah what was the response in the dms
0: she was like of course babe send it through and here's my email she was so (laughs) so cool so so cool
1: I want to talk about this album, Butterfly Blue, perfect name for this era for you. Tell me about where this name Butterfly Blue came from.
0: Um, It's the name of the last song on the album. And also I feel like in a bunch of the different songs, I have different lyrics about butterflies, like butterflies in your tummy or all these different things. And I think that that is the product of me actually being obsessed with butterflies and insects more broadly. Like just looking down at my hand and I'm like, oh yep, butterfly tattoo here and like there's heaps of them, um, but it's not an intentional like big metaphor or anything. I just really like them and it sounds nice. Um, but yeah, I I love insects, love bugs, love butterflies. And it's the name of the last song on the album.
1: Well, it kind of feels like this has been a, a period of growth for you now that you you kind of now are this butterfly that is is able to fly and, and finally release a debut album.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I do feel like I've grown into myself in the last couple of years. So it is an exciting time.
1: I want to talk about the song Teeth, um, which when you came, it came out, you were like, this should have been on the soundtrack to the OC. mm Hiking agree. (laughs) But also, like, shout out to Alexandra Patzavis, who's like supervising music on the OC, who just had incredible taste. Incredible. Who's the influences from that kind of era?
0: Well, I think the song Teeth, you could probably draw influences from Gorillas and Dandy Warhols. Yeah. Um, we used to be friends on the OC soundtrack. And it kind of has a similar feeling to that. Yeah, I really wanted to create a song. That had a little bit more aggression for a live context, and yeah, so that's how it came about. Does that come naturally to you? Um, hmm, it's starting to come more naturally. Um, I think that I'm drawn to like quite aggressive music and sounds, um, but not always in like the context of metal or really hectic punk, although I do like that. But for me, the best example is the producer, Sophie. Oh. And like she's one of my all-time favorite artists and I think she is so good at just creating like these really powerful, almost scary textures and sounds and it's so moving and inspiring. So she, even though it do- the song doesn't sound like a Sophie song, She's a big influence in, like, all my music and the way I look at music.
1: You almost hear a bit of that Sophie influence on tracks like Heart Guitar, which I mm. feel like is going to instantly become a fan favourite. Like, you. It's, it's so much – like, it's got a, such a unique kind of tone to it. Talk me through Heart Guitar.
0: Thank you. That one I feel proud of in a special way because that's, that's mostly my production. Really? And it's called Heart Guitar because – um, I played it on this vintage 90s guitar I have that's shaped like a little pink love heart. Um, but I love that it looks so cute, but then the sound is so abrasive and, yeah, and distorted and everything. And I'm really proud of those lyrics. So that was just a song I made in lockdown. Um,
1: yeah. Would it be fair to say that the lockdown era treated you well in giving you that space to kind of sit back and, and create?
0: Yeah, but I didn't make that many songs in lockdown (laughs) either. (laughs) Um, I did make a couple and it did buy me a lot of time to get things right, but I didn't feel like I did a whole lot with the time either. So, yes and no.
1: Rockstar. So stands out, but also there's a line in there that's like, maybe one day when I've won all the Grammys. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that is you manifesting something there.
0: Yeah, I feel that too. I I see it in my cards.
1: It's in your cards? Will mm-hmm. you do, like tarot or? No,
0: I just see it. You just see.
1: It. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you see? What's ahead for you? What's in the the
0: foreground? Uh, hmm, that's a really good question. Usually I feel like I have answers for that, but right now I'm like can't really think of anything. Um but I think I think I deserve grammy's. I see it for me. And I don't know, I just think it's going to be a really exciting year and it's going to be cool to see what happens after people hear the album and um get to see different sides of what I'm capable of.
1: Well, when, you, when you've gone from previously releasing singles in a way that is, you know, you just creating music and, and getting yourself out there now that you've had the chance to play those songs live and see the kind of reaction that you get from the audience, how does that affect the way you put together this album?
0: Um, well, before i had never written for... I'd never written songs thinking about how they would be performed live. And I did that a little bit on this album. Not the whole time, but just for a couple of songs, like Teeth and Your Love and... But it's funny because in the shows that I've done the last few weeks, I'm like, oh, I don't know if it worked how I imagined because people love to sing along to stuff and I've got to figure out how to um, keep that energy and that engagement in moments where it's like this big instrumental section that feels high energy when you're like listening to it on a walk. But it's like, wow, what do you get all these people to do in a room like when they maybe, I don't know, you think they just are going to dance or something, but it's like sometimes people need a bit of direction and it's hard to figure out how to give that.
1: And once you've done, like, get your phone lights out. Like, there's, you can only you, do you that once. Use- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So I'm going to have to... I think this Conan Gray tour is going to be a good um, way to practice these new songs with people that haven't heard them before, maybe.
1: Well, you are heading across to Europe and the UK now to tour with Conan Gray. Congratulations. That sounds... Super exciting. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it.
1: It's just a super exciting time now that everyone is out in the real world and is able to travel and wants to see live music and has that appetite for it again, to to get yourself discovered by people who may not have heard your music before.
0: Mm, yeah, and I think Conan has such a beautiful, like quite young fan base and I'm really excited for them to hear my music. I I think they'll like it and i love conan so much so i'm really looking forward to spending more time with him and playing these beautiful venues all across europe like it's going to be a good time
1: what is it about conan
0: uh he's got a really good heart he's a really beautiful person and i really admire his songwriting as well
1: i do feel like the songwriting could be kind of like two different halves of the same coin between mm. you and him you know i mean he does have some more down tempo songs but a lot of them are that really like sharp clean pop kind of sound whereas you are not afraid to get a little bit gritty and a little bit real and a little bit anchored in the present.
0: Mm. But yeah I do feel like we do come from a similar place like a similar style of songwriting even though it might be dressed up in different production and he's a really good guitarist and I am more of a producer. I think we do come from like the same appreciation of Songwriting and a similar style.
1: Well, congratulations on Butterfly Blue. It's a remarkable record. Thank you. Incredible debut album. Congratulations. Um, we got the pick of the board. What do you want to play? We'll just play whatever song off the album. Really? Yeah, go for it.
0: Um. Oh, that is so exciting. Um. I'm not my body. It's mine. It's my
1: oh, favorite. Oh yes. Okay. Tell me about this because this is a, a big statement. This one.
0: I. Hmm. I just am really proud of this song. It's hard to elaborate on it more than that. But the way that it turns halfway through is so special, I think, if I do say so myself. Um, And, yeah, I can't really compare it to anything else. Like at the beginning it starts like a sad country lullaby, which I love. But then it flips into this, like, really beautiful sparse piano and this Kanye, Runaway, freestyle, auto-tuned outro style thing with these melodies that, like, I don't even know how they came out of my mouth. (laughs) I would never have thought of them, but they just did. So, I don't know. I just think it's special.
1: Well, let's play it right now. More at the album Butterfly Blue is out this week. Congratulations on it. Thanks so much for being in here today.
0: Thank you. Find the full playlist on the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash the sound of now.
1: Of course, I would love to put the music in the podcast, but I'm not allowed to. So you're just going to have to wait for the album Butterfly Blue to drop this week. And if you're listening to this after the 13th of May, 2022... Guess what? The album is out. You can go dive in whenever you want. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, feel free to subscribe in your podcast app of choice so you get a little notification every time there's a new episode. And of course, listen to the sound of Now live on Monday nights at 6 p.m. on Joy 94.9. I'm Triana Butler. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organization, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air